the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halabi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategy. Strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Welcome to the show. I'm Arab Halaby, the total financial hour. Coming to you live every uh, week at this time. We talk about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future, trying to come up with some ideas of what it's going to take for you to to get through this crazy time. But I think sometimes we need a history lesson. I know you thought, well, you know, history, that was high school, that was college. No, no, no. (laughs) You're going to have a financial history lesson, but I think you'll like this one. First of all, let me give you the phone number, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888 Nine nine seven three eight four seven triple eight ninety nine retire. All right, uh, there's a lot of financial programs out there, and, and many of them are good. Some are great, uh, and I appreciate all of them because we we can learn from all of them, right? You can learn from something somewhere all the time. I think what you should do is look at a couple of things when you're when you're trying to figure out the financial information you should receive, because today information is free. You know that. You have one of those magic Google devices. You can find out anything about anything. You just put it in your little computer, put it in your laptop, your cell phone. People carry those things. That's everything, right? That's your wallet, your camera, your calculator, your flashlight. It's it's everything now. Your date book. You know about anything at any time by just putting it in one of your famous search engines. All right. This is important. Because if information is free, if knowledge, quote, is power, which I don't think it is anymore. I think that's a lie. I think it used to be knowledge is power before everybody went to school, before everybody got these crazy college degrees. I think knowledge is power before information is so free and simple. Now I think experience is power. Now I think perspective is power. Now I think application is power. Right? Application of information, not just being somebody who knows everything. There's a lot of kids that can't that that you know can't get out of their parents' basement. They they sit in a room, they play video games all day long, they have zero financial experience, they've never written a check in their life, they've never paid a bill in their life, and they think they're entitled, right? But look, man, oh man, look at those college degrees. Look at how much they know. Ask them anything about anything. So when I say it's a bit of a history lesson, uh, I want to give that to you as well. But before I do, I'm going to give you the uh, email address. Second hour, we have some great emails coming up for you. Your questions, 
your information. One of them I think is is extremely well fascinating enough for you to say I know somebody that is exactly like this. Okay? All right, here's that email address. It's Arif A R I F at TFSWealth.com. That's Arif A R I F at TFSWealth.com. Okay. See, about 120, 130 years ago, most of the time people bartered. Okay, so this is an abbreviated history lesson, obviously, for time, but I think you should understand. When I say bartering, that would mean if you were a great chicken farmer and I was a so-so wheat farmer and I would give you two bushels of wheat, you would say, Arif, normally I give three chickens, but my chickens are amazing. People come from everywhere for my chickens. They are very valuable. I'm an expert chicken farmer. So what would happen is you were a PhD in chicken farming. Did you know anything about wheat farming? Nope. Did you know anything about corn or pigs or cow farm? No, I'm a chicken farmer. You're a chicken farmer. Get it? So, so how well you did at what you did determined your pay, your wealth, your status, everything. The rest of society, were you a great astronomer? No. Did you know anything about repairing a tractor? Well, just enough to get by, but you weren't the best mechanic. You would hire a mechanic. Now, of course, outside of your immediate farm equipment, right? Folks weren't available, but, uh, but I want you to get my idea, right? You didn't have to know everything about everything. Today's kid in the basement knows everything about everything. They don't do anything. They're not an expert in anything because there's no application. But instead, there's knowledge. Because they fell for the lie because the, the road changed, right? Uh, be, to be clear, about 30 years ago, the road went er, hard left. And when the road changed directions, they kept on the same road of knowledge is power. It isn't. It's application. It's experience. It's getting out and getting dirty and messing it up and screwing it up and starting over and, and backing up and trying again and going this direction, going that direction. And that's where people spent time, was trying to figure things out. That's, that was called, if you remember, an apprentice. And then they became, after a couple of years or more, a journeyman. So that experience, that transition, allowed that person to become good at things and then ultimately become great. Well, 125 years ago or so, bartering became illegal. Why? Because they couldn't tax it. The income tax system came to be. And what, they, what the government did is said, you have to put a value on that. Now, first, they did the same thing they're going to do in California. Right? They went after the rich people. Oh, those rich people. Oh, oh we're just going to go after the rich people. Because that's what income tax was. It was for those, quote, rich people. And because there were so few of them, everybody said, yeah, let's go get them. Same thing like California's wealth tax. Oh, we're going to tax you when you leave. A billion dollars. Oh, yeah, let's go get them. You guys are thinking, I'm never going to have a billion. I don't know anybody that has a billion. In fact, if you add up all of my friends, they don't equal a billion dollars in net worth. So, of course, we should go get those people. But today, that income tax system, that taxation system for the federal government, it doesn't just go after the wealthy, does it? It goes after people all the way down the food chain in one form or another. You've heard me say 43% of of Californians pay zero in income tax, zero, nothing. But then how does 
income tax affect them? Well, everything else that they go to, they go to a shop, they go to a restaurant or hairstyle, everybody else who pays income tax has to raise their prices. Why? Because they still want to make a living. Why should they work their tail off so that you can not have to pay income tax on something? And at the same time, when they send money to the government, the federal government, they pay their taxes. You do what you're supposed to do legally. It doesn't change. But you have to raise your prices. Right? Uh, you're going to have to raise your prices. And if you're a consumer, if you're a minimum wage worker and you go into that restaurant or that uh, dry cleaner or the liquor store, you have to pay more money for your goods and services. So what took place 125 years ago was just going after, quote, the rich. Today it affects everybody. So when California says we're going to go after these folks for this wealth tax craziness, ask yourself this. When are they coming for me? When are they coming for you? Oh, Eric, they're not going to do that. So paranoid. I have yet to find a time when the government, federal government, or the progressive state government, Gavin Newsom, if, if he doesn't scare you guys, I don't know what horror movies you watch, but he is extremely scary. So you tell me when the last time is that he said something that was truthful. Uh, and I'm not being facetious. I really want to know. He told us masks were, were uh, required. You couldn't eat in a closed restaurant. And yet him and two of the California Medical Association, I believe the president and vice president, or certainly the president and somebody else of high-ranking medical, California Medical Association. I, I didn't mean some, some schmo down the street. And they ate in a restaurant and they didn't have masks. Does that not shock you? When Nancy Pelosi says, you can't get your hair done, but she could. When the mayor of Chicago says, you don't understand, I am more important. Her words, it is more important for me. I am more important than you, was the inference. But I am more important than you, is exactly what she meant. Therefore, I should get my hair done. The virus knows the difference between me, Nancy Pelosi, Gavin Newsom, and you. So you tell me the last time Gavin Newsom was legitimately honest, truthful. I mean, we, we could say he, he was doing the right thing. He, he has a good heart, I guess. You could, you could say those things. Tell me the last time he, he said, oh, it's gonna only, we're only going to go after the very wealthy. Do you not think they're coming after you? And this is wealth tax, meaning when you own real estate, when you own a business, when you have patents, when you have oil and, and drilling, we have some clients that have inherited. They aren't particularly familiar or, or involved in any oil drilling, oil rights or anything, but their great-great-grandparents own parts of Southern California or other states or other areas in which there was oil drilling rights. And in fact, it pays a handsome dividend depending on the price of oil, 2000 a month, 5000 a month. How many of you would like that for the rest of your life? Well, there's a value associated with that. That oil well is worth $500,000. I don't know. Pick a number. $2 million. And yes, they pay taxes on a monthly basis or a yearly basis on the income. But explain to me how they're going to value that. Right? 
So what does it do? It takes the average Californian who says, well, I planned on staying here and raising my family. I I retired. uh, I'm not a fan of the politics, but that's okay. I could live here. I live in a nice area. Right now, today, you guys have to say, I live in a nice pocket. I love it when I was a policeman in the San Fernando Valley, and it was getting worse and worse and worse, and people would say, but I live in a nice pocket. You know, from four streets over here, you know, between Zelza and and Lassen and, and Chatsworth and, and Devonshire. Yeah, right in that area. That, it's a great little pocket. I'm like, do you not understand? Bad guys don't have a, a little shock collar when they cross over into that area. So, yes, you might live in a cute little pocket. But if you don't make changes in the state of California, guess what? You're next. And surprise, you guys are next. You see it with crime and homelessness. Do you think they're not going to creep into your life because, oh, I don't, I don't financially have a billion dollars. That's fine. What is it in 2026? 50 million. Oh, I don't even know anybody that has 50 million. Great. I don't have 50 million. That's okay. But I can tell you this, as they continue to lower that number, sooner or later, they will come to you. And by then, it's just like the income tax world. It has become so ingrained in our life. It has become so entrenched in who we are that now this, quote, tax benefit that they that they think they're going to raise, because remember, it chases you. As you leave the state of California, it follows you. And if you don't understand that, that's a big problem. Because a lot of you don't realize that your wealth should continue to go up. And as inflation continues to go up, they have yet to index any of this stuff for inflation. Now, look, frankly, I don't think it's going to pass. I think it'll pass. I just don't think it'll pass muster. I think the this federal government, the state of California, Supreme Courts, I think somebody somewhere is going to put a squash on that. And they're going to tell no. We're just not going to allow this to pass for now. It's just like when President Obama left office. His last budget that he submitted before he left the White House included the taxation of Roth IRAs. The same thing they told you for decades wasn't going to be taxed. And President Obama said, and now we're going to tax it. It was part of his budget. His way to raise money. His way to, quote, fill up the uh, the coffers and, and equity, right? All that baloney. So when he did that, and you were counting on Roth IRAs for retirement, what does that mean for you? Surprise, what you thought was tax-free income was now taxable. Now, thankfully, there was a Republican Congress and they put an end to it. The thing that it did for you and me and for others is it took this world that we were in and said, explain to me for just a minute how the whole conversation that the federal government was never going to tax Roth IRAs, and suddenly they're thinking about it, right? They, they tried it. They, they ran to the edge. They got pushed back. Okay, they returned. My point is I didn't realize they were ever thinking about that kind of stuff. I didn't realize that was ever a thing. And so when you think about that now as the, quote, wealth tax, I never thought that was a thing. California taxes everything. They are going to have to raise property taxes. No question. Sorry. It will affect everybody, including 
including you, when it comes to Proposition 13. They will have to raise your property tax. There's just no question they have to raise your property taxes. It's the only way to live. It's the only way to make it work. Because you can't take real estate, you can't take your property out of the state. So what did they do? They went through this whole thing about, oh, we're going to tax commercial property. You know those rich millionaires and billionaires, says Bernie Sanders. Billionaires, millionaires. We're going to go after commercial property. So who ends up being able to own commercial property? Mom and pop? Middle class people? No. They will, in fact, be forced to sell their property to the big, huge hedge funds, the Democrat Party's multi-multi-billionaires, and they will, in turn, own that property and be able to afford the property tax on it. So they're going to do that. that. That's ultimately how they will make a living. That's, that's ultimately how they will pay their bills of the state of California is to go after people's wealth. So what will they do with middle-class folks with this, we're going to chase you to the ends of the earth? Well, the same thing. Who's, who's going to leave the state? Middle-class people that can't afford this extra tax because they know it's coming for them. right? You think it's just billionaires. You're crazy if you think that's where they're going to stop. They didn't stop 120 years ago in, property t- in uh, income tax. They didn't stop in property tax. They didn't stop in car registration. Right? Your car registration is car registration. Oh, what about that vehicle assessment fee? Like, what the heck is that? Oh, it's just another fee. But for what? It's, oh God, it's for the children. For children and old people. Come on. Have a heart, you greedy son of a gun. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Take more money. What can I do? <laughs> right? That's how they do it. They do it because their goal is to make you feel like a sucker, right? It's to make you feel like a dingbat or a dummy or whatever bad word you want to use or that I can use on the radio. It's to make you feel how greedy and selfish you must be because look at those poor children. And they'll, you know, old people, children, just like some of these commercials you see on television, right? What do they do? They go out and they show pictures of people that are... uh, you know, hungry in the tundra of, of Russia. It's one of the, the Jewish charities, right? Instead of saying, listen, why don't you just give that lady your jacket? Right? You arrived and you're telling us to send $15 a month or something. Why don't you just give her your jacket? Or do you realize you're being paid to do this video? You're being paid to do this commercial. Why don't you just give her your money? If you showed me that, if you said you did this for free, then I'd be more inclined. You see where I'm going with that? Everybody wants to use your money, your retirement savings, your hard work, your sacrifice to pay for their pet projects. And that's never been acceptable to me because I think if you want to lead, that's why President Trump, no matter what you said about him, and many things were probably true, no matter what, what did he do? with his salary and the requirement that he had for the for his initial cabinet as well was to give their salary their government salary to charity right msnbc never even published that cnn never did and if they did they did it in such a cynical way where they made him look even worse instead of saying joe biden is a multi multi millionaire why is he still getting a half a million dollars a year why 
Kamala Harris is a multimillionaire. Why is she still getting her pay every year? Why don't they do that? At least pretend, right? They're all sneaky and doing son of a gun stuff anyway. Why don't they just pretend? But you see, they don't. Because their core, their heart, who they really are, even after President Trump realized he wasn't getting any publicity for it, he could have stopped. But he didn't. Because it tells you about his heart. At least this portion of his heart, right? And I think enough people need to realize that who you are as a person, it, it, it's okay to, to be selfish about giving the government more money because I think they're coming after it. I think they're coming after it hard as well. All right. So this wealth tax, I don't think it's going to pass initially, but I think they're going to put it on the ballot and I think they're going to continue to do the same thing they do with the split roll tax. It's called split roll where they tax commercial property at a higher rate than residential because it's for the children. And sooner or later, they come after you. They always do. I can give you a hundred different examples. It used to be for, quote, the wealthy. Remember the car, the cars that you would buy, the luxury tax. Oh, luxury tax. Oh, those rich people with those Mercedes. Oh, those luxury tax. And now you can't buy a Buick or a Ford pickup truck without paying a luxury tax. Right? They, they didn't move up the number. A Ford pickup truck, a Chevy, a do- uh, whatever. You could... By the time you end up, you you are past the luxury tax number in many, many occasions. And these are not high-end, fancy, uh, you know, vehicles, Lamborghinis. And, oh, yeah, of course, those people, they should pay more tax. That's fair, fair share. And I hate it because it feels like I'm I'm in this world of of defending the the very wealthy. And, And I think... Sometimes the strange bedfellows, as they say, right? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Sometimes you're in this really weird scenario where you have to stop it somewhere. And if you don't, then they're coming after you. And because there's more power right now, because other people, you know, there's a whole lot of people that are the same, same bucket that you're in. And until you really get to the point where you expect others to, to fight for you. You have to stand up and fight. You hear me say this. I will tell you this as long as God gives me this radio show. And right now, actually this month, we just hit 18 years. So I have 18 years on the radio. And I've said this from the beginning. You have to get involved. You have to run. Maybe 18 years ago, you were 50 years old. Now you're 68. If you started listening to our shows from the very beginning, you're now 68 years old. Before you were 50, saying, I couldn't. I was still raising my kids. I had college to pay for and teenagers. Okay, I get it. Now you can't be canceled. You have retirement accounts. You have Social Security. Now you get out. You stand up for something. Look at these parents back in Loudoun County, Virginia. Look at these parents in Denver and in Dallas. Look at these folks that are standing up to this crazy sexualization. These people are pedophiles. When I was a police officer and we would go after pedophiles and you would go after people targeting children, they did exactly the same thing as this far extreme LGBTQ drag queen people. Not all of them, right? Everybody, as they say, we have friends, we have family. 
my friends and family that are, are gay think this is the craziest thing in the world, and they're beyond embarrassed, and they know it's dangerous because these crazy wackos start painting everybody with this brush, and they know that the discrimination and the problems are going to come because these people are doing some really bad, evil, evil things that make Jeffrey Epstein look like a scout leader. And they sit down and they, and they allow this to happen. And these school districts and these, these uh, folks that are on the school board, they allow this to happen. Get out there and run. Run for school board. Get involved as a PTA president. Maybe you say, oh, Arif, I hate public speaking. I've heard this recently. I've been coaching some folks on getting involved. And they say, Arif, but I, look, at the end, I just, don't, I just don't like Fine. You know what? Lick envelopes. Hang up signs in people's front yards that will allow you. Campaign form. Do what you can to get involved. You have to. Because in your retirement life, the most beautiful thing is to have income coming in every single month without ever worrying about these crazies coming and taking it from you. And that is the power that they don't want you to have. And now, with help from our company and others, you can have that power. You can have the power to speak up and not worry about somebody stealing your retirement income. Let me give you my phone number here. It's 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Stay with me after the break. We'll continue with your news talk information. A lot of good stuff. I'm Eric Hallaby. Stay with me on the Total Financial Hour on M870. The answer, remember, 888-99-RETIRE. I don't want to forget that again. 888-99-RETIRE. will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. All right, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Eric Halby. This is the Total Financial Hour. By staying with me, you make a difference. Why? Because I think you get informed. And I think you fill in the blanks that a lot of people are missing when it comes to their education. You've heard me talk about how in most people's case, right, they think that going to school, getting that degree makes a difference in their wealth, success, and happiness. It, it isn't. It doesn't. Not anymore. Your expertise now matters. Ready for this? Not on the highest degree you achieved. I know this is very difficult, especially for immigrant parents, because that's their goal, right? Because back when they were growing up, the only way to become successful, wealthy, happy, etc., was to go to college, get that degree, continue, get the master's, and go down that road of my son, daughter is an engineer, policeman, fireman, uh, you know, held very little uh, sway. But the engineer and the lawyer and the doctor, boy, that held a lot. My, my son is a plumber. You said that under your breath. Not anymore. Who's the one that's the smart one in the story? Right? So, so things change dramatically over time when you start to see that the game immigrant parents, my, my dad, right? My, my older sister was the first one to get the, the doctorate degree in our family in any direction. You can go and try to figure out anybody anywhere. And, and it was pretty much just my, old, my actually my younger sister. Right. So that's important to understand because today the rules have changed. The road has made a hard turn. And did you stay with it or not? Did you did you make the turn? Did you make the correction or did you not? So what is it now? 
Now it's understanding money, right? Because everybody is paid the same. In other words, with dollars, whether you're two years old or 102, you touch money every single day. Whether you're a mechanic who dropped out of high school or whether you're a PhD and didn't get your first job until you were 32 after you spent you know, a decade plus in, in school, you all touch money every single day. And when you touch money every single day, how well do you manage it? How well do you handle it? Do you do a good job with it or do you not? So if you're somebody who walks through life and who manages your money properly, but your, your highest income is $30,000 a year, you have a much greater chance at financial success than somebody that earns $30,000 a month and still messes up their financial story. So this important part of your life, this financial part of your life, is really built around two things. Number one, how well do you manage your money? Number two, are you involved enough to understand the rules? Because knowledge is now available nonstop, 24-7 on your magic you know, electronic devices. And if you manage it properly, you're going to win. If you don't, you lose. It doesn't matter your degree, your, your background, your history, your, finance, your last name of your family, where you grew up. That doesn't have the same importance. It's your knowledge and understanding of money, investing, retirement, uh, real estate, when to buy gold, when to sell gold. All of the things that we see over and over again as people, Bitcoin, right, cryptocurrency, on and on. How well do you understand those aspects of your financial life? If you do then you have a better chance at success. If you do, then you have a better chance at managing money and becoming wealthier as we go. Now, unfortunately, in California, things uh, have changed a lot because it's a really microclimate of what's happening, well, at least potentially what could happen in the country, but it's a little bit different, right? Most other states, why do I beat up California all the time? Because most other states just say, hey, go to work, work hard, learn, learn how to, uh, to manage money, learn to be a good person, uh, build your company, build your wealth, and you're going to be successful. In California, they keep throwing different obstacles in your way. They call you names, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're greedy. You see, if I walked into a room 50 years ago and said, who wants to be a millionaire? Everybody would raise their hand. If I walked into a room today and said, who wants to, whatever, maybe it's 5 million today. Who wants to have 5 million? Everybody would raise their hand. But here's the difference. You see, right now, when you walk around, it's different than if it was 40 or 50 years ago. Meaning this, if I walked in and I said, you know, racist jokes and I was speaking to the group and did some sexist comments, after a minute, you guys would say, this guy's kind of a pig. We're leaving. I, I would hope so. I did. I shared, uh, I'll share that with you a little later. But if I walked into a room and I started talking about... Uh, Oh, you know, I was trying to find a parking space. And, you know, that lady with the Mercedes, you know, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Everybody raises their hand. Yes, of course, we get it. Yeah, we know what you're talking about. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Or, you know, I was trying to do that. And this, this uh, guy, you know, with his Louis uh, Vuitton handbag and, and his, uh, oh, gosh, what do you call those things? That Armani suit. Yeah. And he was trying to park his car. And you know how those people are. Everybody would say, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Right, Because it's still okay to make fun of, pick on, discriminate against people with money. Now, before you get a crying towel, please don't. But realize 
the biggest issue that you and I are going to have when it comes to people with money is we pick on them. We make fun of them. We want to tax them. We think they're evil and dirty. Then why do you want to be one again? Right? Remember I said, hey, everybody in the room, raise your hand. You want to have $5 million, $10 million, $20 million. Well, the state of California is coming after you in a couple of years if you have a $10 million net worth, just so you know. Now, you might think, oh, hurt me, Arif. Hurt me. You don't think $10 million is going to become five, is going to become two, it's going to become one? You don't think they're going to try to take your residence when you die and not allow you to leave it to your children? You don't think that's coming down the road? Of course it is. You see, because right now you think rich people are greedy son of a guns, right? If I said, oh, the way they park their car, oh, you know, that, that Lamborghini, that guy with the, oh, yeah. You know, the one who owns that business, they, they own all that real estate. Oh, yes, of course. Oh, dirty, dirty, dirty. So why do you want to be him again? Do you not understand this, this schizophrenic life that you're living? Because 50 years ago, we said, oh, that guy, good for him. Oh, good for her. Oh, she inherited money? Well, okay, good. Now you pick on him. You make fun of him. You're allowing, again, don't feel sorry for them. But just understand, when you pass laws to target a particular group of people and you loop them all in, explain to me why that is something that's different than when you loop in the same people from an ethnic background or you loop in the same people that look different than you. Explain to me why it's okay to target those people, but not people who worked hard for money, right? Somebody that did something, of course, some people inherit it. Some people get, quote, lucky and win win the lotto. But if you haven't seen a professional athlete work their tail off, yeah, they make a lot of money, but they work out a lot more. Their budget, uh, their their, um, diet, rather, is a much greater uh, impact in their life. Everything they eat, everything they do, they work hard. We can argue whether or not it's worth what they're being paid. I still think it is. Why? Because somebody's willing to pay them. But I, I understand when you're trying to manage this particular part of your life, you're trying to live in a place where you think you're not bad or good and you just relate it to money. But my point is this. Why do you want to be wealthy if you think they're all bad? Why do you want to have things that they have if you think they're evil or dirty? And it all stems back to passing these bills and these laws. Because, listen, I'm not here to defend billionaires. I'm here to defend middle-class people. Because when you retire, your goal is to not spend the last dime the day you you pass away, because nobody knows that. You might say, well, yes, it is there. Well, listen, okay, fine. It isn't. And here's why. Because you don't know when you're going to pass away. And you leave a beneficiary as part of your retirement accounts, as your life insurance, as your trust. You leave a beneficiary inside of your estate, your assets. In case you pass early or you get hit by a bus, nobody knows. Now, if you're thinking, forget it, forget it, my kids, like Marie Osmond recently said, (laughs) I'm not going to leave them anything. Warren Buffett, I think he prepaid his kids or certainly Bill Gates, right? They're going to give them a a flat amount. And I want to say it's right around 5 or $10 million. Now, to you and I, they, whoa, really? That's it? Poor baby. But it isn't billions. So ask yourself, if the goal is to have all of this money, uh, me, me to accumulate this money, why is it that I'm going to pass laws? Why is it that I'm going to try to purposely go after the folks that I'm trying to be? Right? So what does that mean when it comes to you staying in California? What does that mean to you managing your health care in California? Well, California is making moves. Gavin Newsom and the progressive, basically the entire state legislature, because the Republicans in the state legislature are beyond impotent. I don't know of a worse word as far as their impact, their influence 
they're they're placeholders because the California Republican Party has consistently failed. Now, I was in a, a small meeting with a group of folks and the leader of the California Republican Party at the time was in a meeting with us and he said, we've had great success. Oh, great. We've had a wonderful success. Oh, nice. We have paid down the debt. The California Republican Party was so in debt. I've raised money. I've paid down the debt. I've done a great job. And I was think- thankful. I thought that's a good thing. That's honorable. It's what we're supposed to do. You had it. You paid it down. You did what you were supposed to do. Got it. Paying our bills. I like it. But explain to me how you gauge success when at the same time we have yet to win a statewide office. How do you gauge success when we lose over and over? Is success just paying our bills? And if so, fine. But then we shouldn't call you the Republican Party of the state of California because you're not winning. Now, I don't know the answers. My job isn't to know everything about everything all the time. I just know that we're not winning. I just know that what we're doing is, is, is not working. If the job, if the goal is to say, and we are a statewide party that's going to make money. We are a statewide party that's going to actually win elections. We're a statewide party that's going to actually influence laws. Because the state of California is getting closer and closer to socializing health care. Now, what used to be the biggest healthcare care uh, system in the country, what used to be the most powerful and storied and sought-after healthcare system in the country, the UCLA's, the Cedars-Sinai, the Providence, people would come from all over to have procedures, have their children here, celebrities injured in a ski accident in Aspen, fly me to Southern California. Today, the, the changes... When you fire people that are unwilling to get vaccinated because of medical, they, they say, huh, it doesn't make sense. The medical just doesn't, tough luck, you're fired. When Cedars, when Kaiser Hospital, when they fire hundreds and hundreds of people, ask yourself, why is that okay? These are medical professionals. You're an administrator. What, what do you know? Right? There's medical doctors that are on both sides of the issue. Why is it okay one is uh, correct and one is evil? And then you get doctors now being forced. Okay, the the law that Gavin Newsom signed was struck down or modified. But where if a doctor didn't toe the line, they would lose their medical license. Where if a doctor says, I'm going to prescribe hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin along with other treatments. Well, sorry, you're wrong, says a politician. We will take your license. What do you think those doctors are doing? I'll give you a good example. The physician that that was amazing, uh, attached. I had shoulder surgery about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I guess by now. And they went in and they had to reattach a bicep and tendons and rotator cuff. I mean, it was a mess. That surgeon did a great job. And I came for a follow-up. You know, you got to come for a follow-up every so often. Within a couple of months, he said, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm moving to another state. I said, what do you mean? He says, I'm, I'm not going to raise my kids in this state. And this was one of the top shoulder surgeons around. Well, sorry. He's leaving. And I said, well, why are you leaving? And he mentioned about his child, as I meant, as I just said, but he said this. He said, we are not allowed to practice medicine in here. We have to listen to politicians. Now, if you took out the word doctor or physician and you replaced it with teacher, educator, elementary school, professor at university, 
If you took out the word doctor and you said, oh, I'm an engineer, but now I have to practice this woke engineering system, or I have to, I got to build a bridge so that it's proper when math is done, we're, we're doing the diver, what is it? The uh, equity and inclusion, right? Discrimination? Huh? I thought math was just one plus one is two. And then Jane Fonda comes out this week. Oh, oh, you know, racism is about climate change. And so now we're going to do climate science based on racism and discrimination, diversity, inclusion. How about you just say, hey, you're a pretty good person. Oh, I like the way you treat other human beings. Hey, you know what? Don't judge me for something I can't control. Don't take something from me, but don't give me something either. Let me prove myself as a human being. If I'm a good guy... Right? Remember, Martin Luther King was killed for this. Martin Luther King came out and said, judge me by the content of my character. I want my children to grow up in a life, in a world, where the color of their skin is secondary. Wow. The only thing I can think of is the reason they're going to go after your retirement accounts, the reason the state of California is going to change and minimize and in some cases reduce your health care is very simple. I think they're going to do it based on one simple philosophy. And that is, once we've elected a black appearing president, right? President Obama, biracial, but he, but he, he's an African-American uh, appearing man, right? Remember, that's how they judge you. They don't judge you by what you are. They judge you by what you look like. So the first biracial president in the United States, not, not once, but twice elected by a very racist Democratic Party, who by Joe Biden's standards says he doesn't, uh, he's a well-spoken black man. Excuse me? Well, that's okay. We elected him. Okay, wait, once we did, you understand, there's nothing left for them to, uh, to push for, right? You had Thurgood Marshall, Marshall Court, many, many years ago, Chief Justice, African-American. You have Clarence Thomas. You have uh, Condoleezza Rice. You, you have black Americans that have risen to the level of the highest in the country, in their fields. And if you built your entire financial life on taking from those and giving to others based on their appearance, the only thing they can do next, because the, the story's over, right? What do they do? Well, now they go after guns. Now they go after uh, white men. Now they go after Christians. Now they go after uh, Americans. Oh, the, the American flag is racist. Oh, uh, the, the, When I heard my former police department, the chief of the Los Angeles Police Department does not allow men and women to wear T-shirts or have stickers with the blue line, I thought to myself, what what happened? Why did he, Mr. Moore, White Chief Moore, what happened to you? I knew you when we used to work in the same area. We used to work together. In fact, I used to audit the books that that you were involved with years ago, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, right? It's what I did. I was a policeman, for some of you that don't know, for about 10 years, 10 and a half years. Big car accident, multiple back surgeries. I had a pension off, 1994. It was my was the car accident. Multiple back and knee surgeries. It was a horrible experience. I got scammed in the process. And they took all my money. So I said, ooh. In the last 27 years, I, w- <laughs> I said, I'm going to right or wrong. I'm going to go after these bad guys. I'm going to figure it out. That's why I do my radio shows. Because somebody scammed me. They took my money, so I thought i got to help others. It's, it's just a weird thing. It sounds very self-serving, but it's just what it is in a, in a nutshell. 
But my point is with Michael Moore going out and going after police officers that are pro, ready for this, police officers. What? Chief Moore, well, it has come to become the symbol. No, Mr. Moore, you let the left, you left the wacko, the Antifas, you let them decide what the symbol is. And that is wrong. Just like when they decide that the, that the statue of, of George Washington or Thomas Jefferson, just like when they decide the American flag is a symbol of whatever. But you can have the red, white, blue, green, purple, pink, beige flag, whatever that is of the LGBTQXYZ. Right? It's okay to have that. You can have the gay pride flag. Listen, I, I don't care what you have, but why are you eliminating some and not others? You can't do that. Right? We call that something. We call that weak. We call that a coward. And Chief Moore, I, I, listen, I like you as a person, but I think your political aspirations and your lack of courage uh, is on big display. And you have the wrong people around you. Somebody is not telling you, when are you going to stand up for something? Right? You didn't have to like Chief Gates, Daryl Gates, but I can tell you he stood up for something. He stood up for the men and women of the police department. And listen, if you were a bad guy on the police department, if you lied under Chief Gates, right, little thing. It's so funny. They, they used to brand him as, oh, he's, he was pro-bad cop and he let those bad cops live. No, no, no. Let's be clear. If you did something wrong, he came down on you hard. And if you lied about anything during the investigation, he sought your termination. You understand that? Because, because he said, how can we ever believe you again? We are in the business of telling the truth. Fast forward now to Michael Moore. And if you're in the business, Mr. Moore, Chief Moore, of telling the truth, then you have to say, the men and women of, of law enforcement are not racist people. We pull over people. Remember when we used to do that, Michael? Remember, Chief? Chief? Yeah, when you, you couldn't see who's in the car. You saw that the car made an illegal turn or, or, or was speeding. You don't know who's in the car. So why don't you defend the men and women of the police department? Why don't you defend when I used to uh, do some pretty right, scary things for uh, the, the men and women of Los Angeles, the city, citizens of Los Angeles? There were minorities because just guess what? That's where you patrol because if that's where crime is, that's where you patrol. So that means by default, you are protecting men and women, kids that are minorities. Why don't you stand up and say, my men and women of the police department are incredible human beings because they put their life on the line for strangers that are Los Angeles citizens. So here's what we have. We have a huge change coming down the medical world. Right now you have to practice medicine in a discriminatory manner to fix discrimination before, says the state of California, says Governor Newsom. Healthcare laws, now health, health uh, services have to be administered based on your race, your gender, gender identity, I guess. Now the police department is pushing not based on bad guys need to go to jail, good guys need to be protected. No, no, no. Now what you're doing is what? Now you're going after good guys because they have a sticker, because they have the blue line. And now what you're doing is going after people that are successful, created businesses, employed others, gave others the opportunity to have their children go to school, gave others the opportunity to have to buy a home, right? Business owners, small business owners. And you're saying now we're going to tax your overall wealth and we're going to 
We're going to force you out of the state. You see, their goal is to have very, very wealthy that are their friends and they're very, very poor that are their subjects. They don't want middle-class people fighting, struggling, and trying to do the best to survive in the state, in a beautiful state, right? Beautiful as far as weather and topography. But what a crime you've done to serve governor, mayor, city council of all cities, county supervisors. You're probably the biggest culprit here in in Los Angeles County. Tell me what you have done to help the homeless people. I don't mean give money to the governmental, the, the, the governmental agencies, right? The charities, the nonprofits, they're making a killing. They are scoring huge profits, millions and millions of dollars for this homeless quote epidemic. It is a lifeline for them. You are creating wealth beyond wealth to quote these nonprofits. But what are you doing for the servants? Right? What are you doing for the people? What are you doing for the kids that are homeless? I don't know. I think a lot of you need to stand up. I think you need to go to go back to school, get that extra degree, go back and teach maybe as a profession, stand up for what's right. Maybe you're the person that's going to run for city council in your little city. Right? There's a lot of amazing places that you can get involved. These new health care laws are going to change. And if you don't stand up, if you don't sit on these boards, who else is going to protect you? I don't know. Reliable retirement income, that's how we avoid being canceled. The ability for you to go out and make your own living, the ability for you to have a lifetime source of income without this craziness, I think is the answer. And that's what we're here to do. 888 retire That's 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. Give me a, an email as well. Send me an email. I've got those coming up just next. Stay tuned for your emails. You want to uh, have yours answered either directly on on air or with me directly uh, behind the scenes. It's Arif at TFSWealth.com. Arif, A-R-I-F at TFSWealth.com. Thanks for listening. This is your place for news, talk, and information. Stay tuned. Your emails are up next on the Total Financial Hour. We'll help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Now Arab has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably. Thanks to Arab Halabi. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Hallaby. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arif Hallaby, the total financial hour. Listen, uh, by staying with me, you make a difference. 
Why? Because I think you get informed. And I think you fill in the blanks that a lot of people are missing when it comes to their education. You've heard me talk about how in most people's case, right, they think that going to school, getting that degree makes a difference in their wealth, success, and happiness. It, it isn't. It doesn't. Not anymore. Your expertise now matters. Ready for this? Not on the highest degree you achieved. I know this is very difficult, especially for immigrant parents, because that's their goal, right? Because back when they were growing up, the only way to become successful, wealthy, happy, etc., was to go to college, get that degree, continue, get the master's, and go down that road of my son, daughter is an engineer, policeman, fireman, uh, you know, held very little uh, sway. But the engineer and the lawyer and the doctor, boy, that held a lot. My, my son is a plumber. You said that under your breath. Not anymore. Who's the one that's the smart one in the story? Right? So, so things change dramatically over time when you start to see that the game immigrant parents, my, my dad, right? My, my older sister was the first one to get the, the doctorate degree in our family in any direction. You can go and try to figure out anybody anywhere. And, and it was pretty much just my, old, my, actually my younger sister. Right. So that's important to understand because today the rules have changed. The road has made a hard turn. And did you stay with it or not? Did you did you make the turn? Did you make the correction or did you not? So what is it now? Now it's understanding money, right? Because everybody is paid the same. In other words, with dollars, whether you're two years old or 102, you touch money every single day. Whether you're a mechanic who dropped out of high school or whether you're a PhD and didn't get your first job until you were 32 after you spent you know, a decade plus in, in school. You all touch money every single day. And when you touch money every single day, how well do you manage it? How well do you handle it? Do you do a good job with it or do you not? So if you're somebody who walks through life and who manages your money properly, but your, your highest income is $30,000 a year, you have a much greater chance at financial success than somebody that, that earns $30,000 a month and still messes up their financial story. This important part of your life, this financial part of your life is really built around two things. Number one, how well do you manage your money? Number two, are you involved enough to understand the rules? Because knowledge is now available nonstop, 24-7 on your magic you know, electronic devices. And if you manage it properly, you're going to win. If you don't, you lose. It doesn't matter your degree, your, your background, your history, your, finance, your last name of your family, where you grew up. That doesn't have the same importance. It's your knowledge and understanding of money, investing, retirement, uh, real estate, when to buy gold, when to sell gold. All of the things that we see over and over again as people, Bitcoin, right, cryptocurrency, on and on. How well do you understand those aspects of your financial life? If you do then you have a better chance at success. If you do, then you have a better chance at managing money and becoming wealthier as we go. Now, unfortunately, in California, things uh, have changed a lot because it's a really microclimate of what's happening. Well, at least potentially what could happen in the country, but it's a little bit different, right? Most other states, why do I beat up California all the time? Because most other states just say, hey, go to work, work hard, learn, learn how to, uh, to manage money, learn to be a good person, uh, build your company, build your wealth, and you're going to be successful. In California, they keep throwing different obstacles in your way. They call you names, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're greedy. You see, if I walked into a room 50 years ago and said, who wants to be a millionaire? Everybody would raise their hand. If I walked into a room today and said, who wants to, whatever, maybe it's 5 million today. Who wants to have 5 million? Everybody would raise their hand. 
But here's the difference. You see, right now, when you walk around, it's different than if it was 40 or 50 years ago, meaning this. If I walked in and I said, you know, racist jokes and I was speaking to the group and did some sexist comments, after a minute, you guys would say, this guy's kind of a pig. We're leaving. I, I would hope so. I did. I shared, uh, I'll share that with you a little later. Okay. But if I walked into a room and I started talking about, uh, oh, you know, I was trying to find a parking space and, you know, that lady with the Mercedes, you know, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Everybody raises their hand. Yes, of course. We get it. Yeah, we know what you're talking about. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Or, you know, I was trying to do that, and this, this uh, guy, you know, with his Louis uh, Vuitton handbag and, and his, uh, oh gosh, what do you call those things? That Armani suit. Yeah. And he was trying to park his car. And you know how those people are. Everybody would say, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Right? Because it's still okay to make fun of, pick on, discriminate against people with money. Now, before you get a crying towel, please don't. But realize the biggest issue that you and I are going to have when it comes to people with money is we pick on them. We make fun of them. We want to tax them. We think they're evil and dirty. Then why do you want to be one again? Right. Remember, I said, hey, everybody in the room, raise your hand. You want to have five million, 10 million, 20 million. Well, the state of California is coming after you in a couple of years if you have a 10 million dollar net worth. Just so you know. Now, you might think, oh, hurt me, Arif, hurt me. You don't think 10 million is going to become five is going to become two. It's going to become one. You don't think they're going to try to take your residence when you die and not allow you to leave it to your children? You don't think that's coming down the road? Of course it is. You see, because right now you think rich people are greedy son of a guns, right? If I said, oh, the way they park their car. Oh, you know, that, that Lamborghini, that guy with the, oh, yeah. You know, the one who owns that business. They, they own all that real estate. Oh, yes, of course. Oh, dirty, dirty, dirty. So why do you want to be him again? Do you not understand this, this schizophrenic life that you're living? Because 50 years ago, we said, oh, that guy, good for him. Oh, good for her. Oh, she inherited money? Well, okay, good. Now, you pick on them. You make fun of them. You're allowing, again, don't feel sorry for them. But just understand, when you pass laws to target a particular group of people and you loop them all in, explain to me why that is something that's different than when you loop in the same people from an ethnic background. Or you loop in the same people that look different than you. Explain to me why it's okay to target those people, but not people who worked hard for money. Right? Somebody that did something. Of course, some people inherit it. Some people get, quote, lucky and win, win the lotto. But if you haven't seen a professional athlete work their tail off, yeah, they make a lot of money. But they work out a lot more. Their budget, uh, their, their um, diet, rather, is a much greater impact in their life. Everything they eat, everything they do. They work hard. We can argue whether or not it's worth what they're being paid. I still think it is. Why? Because somebody's willing to pay them. But I, I understand when you're trying to manage this particular part of your life, you're trying to live in a place where you think you're not bad or good and you just relate it to money. But my point is this. Why do you want to be wealthy if you think they're all bad? Why do you want to have things that they have if you think they're evil or dirty? And it all stems back to passing these bills and these laws. Because, listen, I'm not here to defend billionaires. I'm here to defend middle-class people. Because when you retire, your goal is to not spend the last dime the day you, you pass away. Because nobody knows that. You might say, well, yes, it is there. But no, well, listen, okay, fine. It isn't. And here's why. Because you don't know when you're going to pass away. And you leave a beneficiary as part of your retirement accounts, as your life insurance, as your trust you leave a beneficiary inside of your estate, your assets. In case you pass early or you get hit by a bus, nobody knows. 
Now, if you're thinking, forget it, forget it, my kids, like Marie Osmond recently said, <laughs> I'm not going to leave them anything. Warren Buffett, I think he prepaid his kids, or certainly Bill Gates, right? They're going to give them a, f- a flat amount. And I want to say it's right around 5 or $10 million. Now, to you and I, they, whoa, really? That's it? Poor baby. But it isn't billions. So ask yourself, if the goal is to have all of this money, uh, me, me to accumulate this money, why is it that I'm going to pass laws? Why is it that I'm going to try to purposely go after the folks that I'm trying to be? Right? So what does that mean when it comes to you staying in California? What does that mean to you managing your health care in California? Well, California is making moves. Gavin Newsom and the progressive, basically the entire state legislature, because the Republicans in the state legislature are beyond impotent. I don't know of a worse word as far as their impact, their influence, right? They're, they're, they're placeholders because the California Republican Party has consistently failed. Now, I was in a, a small meeting with a group of folks and the leader of the California Republican Party at the time was in a meeting with us and he said, we've had great success. Oh, great. We've had a wonderful success. Oh, nice. We have paid down the debt. The California Republican Party was so in debt. I've raised money. I've paid down the debt. I've done a great job. And I was thankful. I thought that's a good thing. That's honorable. It's what we're supposed to do. You had it. You paid it down. You did what you were supposed to do. Got it. Paying our bills. I like it. But explain to me how you gauge success when at the same time we have yet to win a statewide office. How do you gauge success when we lose over and over? Is success just paying our bills? And if so, fine. But then we shouldn't call you the Republican Party of the state of California because you're not winning. Now, I don't know the answers. My job isn't to know everything about everything all the time. I just know that we're not winning. I just know that what we're doing is, is, is not working. If the job, if the goal is to say, and we are a statewide party that's going to make money. We are a statewide party that's going to actually win elections. We're a statewide party that's going to actually influence laws. Because the state of California is getting closer and closer to socializing health care. Now, what used to be the biggest health care uh, system in the country, what used to be the most powerful and storied and sought after health care system in the country, the UCLA's, the Cedar sinai the Providence, people would come from all over to have procedures, have their children here, celebrities injured in a ski accident in Aspen, fly me to Southern California. Today, the, the changes when you fire people that are unwilling to get vaccinated because of medical, they, they say, huh, it doesn't make sense. The medical just doesn't, tough luck, you're fired. When Cedars, when Kaiser Hospital, when they fire hundreds and hundreds of people, ask yourself, why is that Okay. These are medical professionals. You're an administrator. What, what do you know? Right? There's medical doctors that are on both sides of the issue. Why is it okay one is uh, correct and one is evil? And then you get doctors now being forced. Okay, the, the, 
law that Gavin Newsom signed was struck down or modified. But where if a doctor didn't toe the line, they would lose their medical license. Where if a doctor says, I'm going to prescribe hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin along with other treatments. Well, sorry, you're wrong, says a politician. We will take your license. What do you think those doctors are doing? I'll give you a good example. The physician that that was amazing, uh, attached, (laughs) I had shoulder surgery about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I guess by now. And they went in and they had to reattach a bicep and tendons and rotator cuff. I mean, it was a mess. That surgeon did a great job. And I came for a follow-up. You know, you got to come for a follow-up every so often. Within a couple of months, he said, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm moving to another state. I said, what do you mean? He says, I'm, I'm not going to raise my kids in this state. And this was one of the top shoulder surgeons around. Well, sorry. He's leaving. And I said, well, why are you leaving? And he mentioned about his child, as I, meant, as I just said, but he said this. He said, we are not allowed to practice medicine in here. We have to listen to politicians. Now, if you took out the word doctor or physician and you replaced it with teacher, educator, elementary school, professor at university. If you took out the word doctor and you said, oh, I'm an engineer, but now I have to practice this woke engineering system or I have to I got to build a bridge so that it's proper when math is done. We're we're doing the diversion. What is it? The uh, equity and inclusion, right? Uh, Discrimination. Huh? I thought math was just one plus one is two. And then Jane Fonda comes out this week. Oh, oh, you know, racism is about climate change and. So now we're going to do climate science based on racism and discrimination, diversity, inclusion. How about you just say, hey, you're a pretty good person. Oh, I like the way you treat other human beings. Hey, you know what? Don't judge me for something I can't control. Don't take something from me, but don't give me something either. Let me prove myself as a human being. If I'm a good guy... Right. Remember, Martin Luther King was killed for this. Martin Luther King came out and said, judge me by the content of my character. I want my children to grow up in a life, in a world where the color of their skin is secondary. Wow. The only thing I can think of is the reason they're going to go after your retirement accounts. The reason the state of California is going to change and minimize and in some cases reduce your health care is very simple. I think they're going to do it based on one simple philosophy. And that is, once we've elected a black-appearing president, right? President Obama, biracial, but but he's an uh, African-American-appearing man, right? Remember, that's how they judge you. They don't judge you by what you are. They judge you by what you look like. So the first biracial president in the United States, not, not once, but twice elected, by a very racist Democratic Party, who by Joe Biden's standards says he doesn't, uh, he, he's a well-spoken black man. Excuse me? Well, that's okay. We elected him. Okay, wait, once we did, you understand, there's nothing left for them to, uh, to push for. Right? You had Thurgood Marshall, Marshall Court, many, many years ago, Chief Justice, African-American. You have Clarence Thomas. You have... Uh, Condoleezza Rice. You you have black Americans that have risen to the level 
of the highest in the country in their fields. And if you built your entire financial life on taking from those and giving to others based on their appearance, the only thing they can do next, because the, the, the story's over, right? What do they do? Well, now they go after guns. Now they go after uh, white men. Now they go after Christians. Now they go after uh, uh, Americans. Oh, the, the American flag is racist. Oh, uh, the, the. when I heard my former police department, the chief of the Los Angeles Police Department does not allow men and women to wear T-shirts or have stickers with the blue line. I thought to myself, what, what happened? Why did he, Mr. Moore, White Chief Moore, what happened to you? I knew you when we used to work in the same area. We used to work together. In fact, I used to audit the books that you, that you were involved with years ago, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, right? It's what I did. I was a policeman, for some of you that don't know, for about 10 years, 10 and a half years. Big car accident, multiple back surgeries. I had a pension off, 1994. It was was the car accident. Multiple back and knee surgeries. It was a horrible experience. I got scammed in the process. And they took all my money. So I said, ooh. In the last 27 years, I, w- <laughs> I said, I'm going to write a wrong. I'm going to go after these bad guys. I'm going to figure it out. That's why I do my radio shows. Because somebody scammed me. They took my money, so I thought I got to help others. It's, it's just a weird thing. It sounds very self-serving, but it's just what it is in a, in a nutshell. But my point is, with Michael Moore going out and going after police officers that are pro, ready for this, police officers. What? Chief Moore, well, it has come to become the symbol. No, Mr. Moore, you let the left, you left the wacko, the Antifas, you let them decide what the symbol is. And that is wrong. Just like when they decide that the, that the statue of, of George Washington or Thomas Jefferson, just like when they decide the American flag is a symbol of whatever. But you can have the red, white, blue, green, purple, pink, beige flag, whatever that is of the LGBTQXYZ Right? It's okay to have that. You can have the gay pride flag. Listen, I, I don't care what you have, but why are you eliminating some and not others? You can't do that. Right? We call that something. We call that weak. We call that a coward. And Chief Moore, I, I, listen, I like you as a person, but I think your political aspirations and your lack of courage... Uh, is on big display and you have the wrong people around you. Somebody is not telling you, when are you going to stand up for something? Right? You didn't have to like Chief Gates, Daryl Gates, but I can tell you he stood up for something. He stood up for the men and women of the police department. And listen, if you were a bad guy on the police department, if you lied under Chief Gates, right, little thing. It's so funny. They, they used to brand him as, oh, he's, he was pro-bad cop and he let those bad cops live. No, no, no. Let's be clear. If you did something wrong, he came down on you hard. And if you lied about anything during the investigation, he sought your termination. You understand that? Because, because he said, how can we ever believe you again? We are in the business of telling the truth. Fast forward now to Michael Moore. And if you're in the business, Mr. Moore, Chief Moore, of telling the truth, then you have to say the men and women of, of law enforcement are not racist people. 
We pull over people. Remember when we used to do that, Michael? Remember, Chief? Chief? Yeah, when you you couldn't see who's in the car. You saw that the car made an illegal turn or, or, or was speeding. You don't know who's in the car. So why don't you defend the men and women of the police department? Why don't you defend when I used to uh, do some pretty right scary things for uh, the, the men and women of Los Angeles, the city, citizens of Los Angeles? There were minorities because just guess what? That's where you patrol. Because if that's where crime is, that's where you patrol. So that means by default, you are protecting men and women, kids that are minorities. Why don't you stand up and say, my men and women of the police department are incredible human beings because they put their life on the line for strangers that are Los Angeles citizens. So here's what we have. We have a huge change coming down the medical world. Right now you have to practice medicine in a discriminatory manner to fix discrimination before, says the state of California, says Governor Newsom. Health care laws, now health, health uh, services have to be administered based on your race, your gender, gender identity, I guess. Now the police department is pushing not based on bad guys need to go to jail, good guys need to be protected. No, no, no. Now what you're doing is what? Now you're going after good guys because they have a sticker, because they have the blue line. And now what you're doing is going after people that are successful, created businesses, employed others, gave others the opportunity to have their children go to school, gave others the opportunity to have to buy a home, right? Business owners, small business owners. And you're saying now we're going to tax your overall wealth and we're going to we're going to force you out of the state. You see, their goal is to have very, very wealthy that are their friends and they're very, very poor that are their subjects. They don't want middle class people fighting, struggling and trying to do the best to survive in the state, in a beautiful state. Right. Beautiful as far as weather and topography. But what a crime you've done to serve governor, mayor, city council of all cities, county supervisors. You're probably the biggest culprit here in in Los Angeles County. Tell me what you have done to help the homeless people. I don't mean give money to the governmental governmental agencies, right? The charities and nonprofits. They're making a killing. They are scoring huge profits, millions and millions of dollars for this homeless, quote, epidemic. It is a lifeline for them. You are creating wealth beyond wealth, to quote these nonprofits. But what are you doing for the servants? Right? What are you doing for the people? What are you doing for the kids that are homeless? I don't know. I think a lot of you need to stand up. I think you need to go to go back to school, get that extra degree, go back and teach maybe as a profession, stand up for what's right. Maybe you're the person that's going to run for city council in your little city. Right? There's a lot of amazing places that you can get involved. These new health care laws are going to change. And if you don't stand up, if you don't sit on these boards, who else is going to protect you? I don't know. Reliable retirement income. That's how we avoid being canceled. The ability for you to go out and make your own living, the ability for you to have a lifetime source of income without this craziness, I think is the answer. 
And that's what we're here to do. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. Give me a, an email as well. Send me an email. I've got those coming up just next. Stay tuned for your emails. You want to uh, have yours answered either directly on on air or with me directly uh, behind the scenes. It's Arif at TFSWealth.com. Arif, A-R-I-F, at TFSWealth.com. Thanks for listening. This is your place for news, talk, and information. AM870, The Answer. Have a blessed day. Higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby. Learn about Security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Hallaby. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arab Hallaby, the total financial hour. Your place for news, talk, and information. This is our second hour of the total financial hour. Let's get to your emails. Let's uh, talk about that because, look, the system. Your retirement life is a lot more than just what financial products you decide to lay out, isn't it? Right? It's about integrity. It's about doing the right thing. It's about making sure that if, if your kids are going to be the uh, beneficiaries, that it's laid out properly. And that's really where we come to on this particular email. But let me give you the address. Ready? It's 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. All right. So... A couple of big parts to this email that I think you need to be at least be aware of. Uh, number one, you're going to have to be aware of a couple of things. This particular person who went through this challenge, I've known him for quite some time. So he actually is uh, an existing client but sent an, an email or a question. So I know the behind the scenes. I know he's a person of integrity. I know he did the right thing. All right. Dear Arif, my ex-wife died, she was 52, died last year, and never changed her beneficiaries to our children. She left the beneficiaries on all her retirement accounts and her life insurance policies to me. We divorced after she returned to substance abuse, so I figure she wasn't thinking straight. The divorce was finalized last summer. My concern is how can I make sure that our two kids receive the money that I know she would have wanted them to have. I'm going to pause there for a second, guys, because it's true. I, I believe I've known her also for the same amount of time, and I'm sure she wanted them to have that as well. I don't think there's any changes there. Okay, so that's important to know that. All right. They each, uh, each child has their own careers, and they've er- they each earn more than $100,000 a year. Can I just give these accounts to them? How will it affect their taxes? And Arif, is it possible for one of them to take out some of the money now because they want to buy a house and the other child wants to wait a few years or maybe until they retire? Okay, guys, let me give this to you. I won't use his name because I already mentioned that he was an existing client, but here's the key. The beneficiaries on your accounts are set in stone barring any fraud barring you you going out there and making any scam or fraud allegations right somebody held a gun to your head or you were intoxicated or you had alzheimer's and you changed the beneficiary to your housekeeper uh 
Yep. Heard of that one. Um, married, uh, you were in your uh, mid to late 80s, if I remember right. Uh, housekeeper was in was 37 years old, and uh, she married him. She was actually his caregiver and slash housekeeper. Married him, changed beneficiaries. His two children from a prior marriage uh, got nothing. And it was millions. It was, I don't know, $15 million or something back in the day. So I don't know what it'd be worth today, but it was about $15 million in real estate and gold, uh, Rolex watches, I know, because that was the thing that really hit the kids the hardest, believe it or not. It wasn't the, the real estate. It was the two Rolex watches dad said could go to, to uh, each one of the boys. So do I know that this happens? Yes, it does. Are there protection mechanisms and ways for you to allow yourself to not be taken down that road? Yes, there is. And maybe I'll cover that on a different show. But uh, <clears throat> if I have time, I'll do it on the show. But I think you need to know this. When you put your beneficiaries down there, unless somebody has relative concrete proof that you were a fraudster, scamster, uh, you know what I mean? Making sure somebody else gets the, you know, gets something that they don't deserve. Well, tough luck. You've heard me talk about before, about a lady I, I received a phone call from. She was an existing client. Hey, Eric, did you guys send me a check? Right, $250,000. I said, no, we wouldn't send you a check. What, what is that about? She goes, I don't know. I received a check. Looks pretty official. Turns out her ex-husband, when she was 19, 20 years old, 25 years earlier, they both, they divorced after a couple of years, no children, went on their separate ways. Each had existing families and their own children, went on their own lives. He continued to promote at the job that he had with the city. And the city has wonderful benefits for health insurance, life insurance, etc. He kept increasing it as he promoted. And the ex-wife was left as the beneficiary the whole way, even though he was using community property assets to pay for that life insurance, tough luck, right? So you've heard me say that that story. I've probably told that two or three times now. So I want you to be clear. In this particular case, the ex-husband is entitled to everything. But you see, she would have wanted him to go to his his children. And the man is a solid guy. He's a solid believer. He has no hard feelings. He's a... A real decent human being, actually. It's pretty cool to see that. So what can he do? He can recuse himself. He can say, I do not want this inheritance. Take it back. And so by doing that, by saying, take it back, I don't want it, he can in turn, go. It, it, the, the asset goes back to the property of the family, or, or the deceased, rather. And it goes to that person's estate. And then it goes what's called next of kin, or something called per stirpes or next of kin. Basically, it is a way to transfer the assets legally, and it goes back to whomever her next of kin would be. Next family, right? You heard kinfolk, K-I-N, kinfolk, next of kin. It's the next of family. And there's a particular order. So what is the order? First, it goes to your spouse. If you're married in California, no spouse. Then it goes to your children. If no children, it goes to your parents. If no parents, it goes to your siblings. If no siblings, it goes to your siblings' children. And on and on and on until they find a living person 
in which whom it does not recuse, who says, yeah, yeah, I'll take it, right? Which is a lot of people. And in this particular case, remember, he can recuse himself. So what can he say? He can say, no, thank you. I don't want it. And it goes back into her estate and then in turn goes to the kids. And that's what I would recommend that he does, right? It's pretty simple, straightforward. You write a letter. If it's any of the companies that we work with and and any that we know, generally just a letter uh, is good. And it has to be notarized just to be uh, clear on that because you need to make sure this is you doing it and not some, some fraud or anything. And you say, I don't want it. When you recuse that asset, here's the unique thing. All liabilities, all taxation, all... Uh, future taxation, all of that leaves you. And sometimes people do that. They say, listen, I don't want it because I'm already in a high tax bracket. I'm good in so many other areas. Why not let it go somewhere else? Well, this particular case, she did not have a trust laid out. And so what did she do? Well, she left it, or just about, or should have left it to her children. Well, that's exactly what will happen. So here's what you do. Part of the problem was this lady had old job retirement accounts. Okay, so she had retirement accounts from previous jobs. If you have an old job, I'm telling you this now, you. If you have an old job or your spouse has an old job that he or she worked for, you need to check the beneficiary on those accounts. Because here's what happens. When you leave that job, sometimes, and you left your retirement account behind, sometimes they sell the retirement accounts. From Fidelity to Vanguard, or Vanguard to Principal Financial, or on and on. And when they do, when those dollars are transferred, they don't sometimes don't transfer the beneficiary. And it can cause a whole quagmire, that's a technical police term, a whole quagmire of mess that the surviving people have to deal with. So I don't want that to happen. So how do you do it? Very simple. You go back to anything that you think you might have a, uh, a claim to. Now, that's part of this omnibus bill slash Secure Plus Act 2.0 is to create this national database of all of the orphaned retirement accounts. That's what some of the changes. You've heard me say there are many changes. We're going to be dripping in, uh, them into our, our broadcasts over the next few months as the changes, one, become realized and materialize into our day-to-day life and become codified, right? Congress passes a law. It's interpreted by the IRS or the particular authority. And that authority then passes some sort of guidelines to the uh, affected agencies, departments, divisions, professions. All right? So what I think is going to happen with this, and it's pretty important you know this, is I think this national database is going to take a very long time to fix. They might just have to say, and beginning now, as opposed to going backwards, because the work to go backwards in all of the different states that are retaining this uh, information in so many different languages, computer languages, because that's important. If you have worked in California your entire life, the California database, it's called Unclaimed Property, probably has some asset that belongs to you. It could be 42 cents from an old L.A. cellular bill. Remember them? Pack Bell cellular. It could be $42 from an insurance uh, overpayment for your car insurance. It could be almost anything. 
Or it could be a retirement account from TWA Airlines that is now defunct, and it is sitting in an unclaimed database system somewhere, and that database is holding the money. And you got to call, and you got to say, hey, send me my check, and they'll ask you to complete a bunch of paperwork, of course, have it notarized and go through the process. Complete the paperwork properly, and, and you get your money. But what if you worked in the military, or your spouse was in the military, and you worked sometimes in... Texas, and then Florida, and then Hawaii, and then Guam. Oh, you were overseas in in Germany. Oh, now you're back in Virginia, right? You could have retirement accounts or or, uh, things that are owed you from, my goodness, so many different places. So you want to make sure that the way you go backwards and check this out, it's difficult to do, but you can, is to go through the process of each and every state's unclaimed property. Now, There are some states that subscribe, I've seen this in the past, of a national database, but it's really not complete. But if the state subscribes to it, you can check the boxes of the state. It'll go through and it'll fish through those different states. I would still go through each and every state. If it were me and if I I think there's probably something from the old Security Pacific Bank or CalFed Bank. Remember those? I thought I had a bank account at First Interstate. Well, those banks don't no longer exist. They were acquired and acquired and acquired. The problems in these mergers in the past is the computer languages don't always speak to each other. So, first of all, what you're going to do to your ex-wife is go through. I know that you guys were uh, high school sweethearts, so you probably know every place that she worked. And you can, if not, you can go through and look through old tax returns. And, oh, yeah, that's right. Tax return will tell you. And you can search. Sometimes calling the company or the new iteration of that company, right? Rocketdyne got bought by, you know, Litton was purchased by, right? You go through these different companies that you've worked. You look to see if there's any old uh, retirement accounts and the old jobs, the unclaimed property databases might have that. All right. Next, when I say that I want you to check the beneficiaries, You might say, yeah, yeah, Arif, I know. But let me tell you, I am at about a 50%, sometimes let's let's call it 33 to 50% chance of being right. Anytime I say this, right? If I have clients sit in my office, if I have, let's say, 10 sets of clients, husband and wife, and I always remind you, hey, you should be doing this. Hey, double check this. If I get any inkling that that you had other jobs or other states, especially military, right? Or you moved around a lot, or it's a, a second marriage, okay? Those kind of things. Here's what I tell you. You might want to check because your ex-girlfriend, your boyfriend, your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, probably are the beneficiaries of something somewhere. So you really want to check with your HR, your human resources. They are kind of the linchpin of this whole process. They're going to make sure that if something is missing somewhere, they're probably going to be the ones to find it. All right? Okay, so now that we've got that clear, when I'd say that the retirement account companies change, they change all the time. And you get something called a blackout period. Now, I'm bringing this up for this reason, because towards the beginning part of the year, you we are just usually coming off a blackout period, because often November, December, or October, November, December, there's a blackout period. What does that mean? It means your old retirement account is being bought by a different one, right? Empower, 
is buying ING, right? These things happen. As they do that, they are shutting down any possibility of trading or investing. And it's sometimes weeks, two, three, four, five weeks that you can't get in, buy or sell or move or transfer your money out or sometimes change beneficiaries. So be cognizant of the fact that your retirement account during that transfer period of time might say, oh yeah, we took your request, but it's the old one. And so the new one comes along and it got lost in the mail, right? There's a shift that happens and it just didn't make it over. And so now the new company doesn't know who the beneficiary is and they will just say the estate. So sometimes you can look on the statements. We're finding them more and more companies are key, are putting them on the statements. So I'll look at it, and you won't even know what you're looking at, but it's so funny. I'll look at it, and I'll say, oh, you don't even have a beneficiary. Oh, yes, I do. I go, no, right here it says no beneficiaries on file. I go, oh, my goodness. Okay. What if you had children from a prior marriage, and you wanted some of them to have it, but you don't like his new wife, or you don't like her new husband? How do you make sure that the children from the prior from the prior marriage receive the money for their benefit and not that scoundrel of a of a new of a son-in-law? Right? I have one of those we're working with currently. We're trying to figure it out how to trying to help her leave money the right way and there's the son-in-law that's the son of a gun in the story. Right? There's a reason they don't call it a daughter of a gun, right? But they do call it a son of a gun or a daughter of a bee. I'll let you fill in the word, right? There's always a son of a bee. Well, what is that? Seems like us sons or sons-in-laws can really make mistakes. Maybe it's the greed factory. I'm not sure. But I do want you to, to pay attention to that. If you're going to leave it, you need to look a little bit deeper and say, what is that son-in-law doing? What is that daughter-in-law doing? What are their choices there in people and in, and in relationships? Okay? Because... Here's the challenge. If you want your children or grandchildren to inherit the money when you pass away, the rule from a couple of years ago now, it's changed. It's the way it is. If you pass away now, here's what happens. They have 10 years to withdraw the money. That means they have to take the money down to zero within 10 years. Okay, pretty important. Before, it used to be that you could stretch it out. It was called the stretch IRA. And you could stretch it out as long as you took out a minimum amount each and every year. It would be something that would be a machine that would give your beneficiaries income for the rest of their life. A little mini pension, if you will. Mini trust fund. And it allowed you to create that so that there was never going to be a concern about the kids receiving the money or the grandkids. Right? You could you could require that stretch IRA option to take place. Well, not anymore. Now, 10 years and 10 minutes, that account has to be down to zero. Well, how do they plan? What if they're a successful professional? Well, maybe 10 years from now, they're at the peak of their earning career. 10 years from now, they're making more money than they ever made. And they're great. Thanks, mom. I've been taking out a little bit at a time, but now I get stuck having to take out all of this money. I don't want to do that. Well, one of the options that you can have, and I encourage you to consider this, is to, number one, leave retirement accounts to charities, right? 
You've heard me talk about Providence Holy Cross Hospital. I love them. You've heard me talk about the Boy Scouts. I'm not a fan of everything they do, but I do love what they do for young men. Okay, right? If it's a charity that I open, that I start, that I'm 100% in control of, I'll probably like it. But even then, I'll probably find something wrong with it sooner or later. So I get it. There's some bad ones out there. But there's some amazing community college programs. You can get in and do scholarships and sponsor people. Set your own endowments. All right, there are things that you can do. Hospital, children, cancer. I mean, you get it, right? But what happens when I say this? What do you do for your children? Ah, But I want my kids to inherit this money. Well, sir, here's what I would do. If there's life insurance, have the kids be the beneficiary of the life insurance. Now, if when she passed away, she didn't have a provision inside of a trust to leave the money to a charity, right? If you can't bifurcate the assets, taxable, non-taxable, then you might be stuck. But for you guys that still have a chance, consider Roth IRAs, life insurance, and real estate. That should go to your children or your grandchildren. Now, if you have a spouse, of course, leave the entire account to your spouse. But when it does come to leaving an account, in my opinion, that's that's taxable, you might as well give 100% of it to someplace instead of the state and federal government. Right? So if you can do that, then it's a better use of those funds, in my opinion. Now, if it's the only asset you have to leave to anybody, then, of course, leave it to your children or your grandchildren. But just know they have to withdraw it all in 10 years. All right. Now... Roth IRAs don't have that requirement. They don't have a give it all, take it all out in 10 years. Nor do non-qualified annuities or non-qualified accounts like a a, a stock brokerage or what we call brokerage accounts, right? Investment accounts. They don't have that same requirement. So ask yourself this. What's the purpose of these funds? What's the job of this money? Because if the job of this money is just to be used for your life and then whatever's left, then while you're still alive, get a life insurance policy. If the, if the job of a life insurance policy is purely death benefit, then term insurance is the least expensive. If the job of the life insurance policy is going to be, oh, I want to create something uh, that, that gives, uh, what's the right word, that gives uh, lifetime income for myself, Long-term care, right? That can be a big deal. Long-term care for myself. Okay, well, then you might use a cash value, maybe a, an index universal life policy. But some, a word of caution with those. They have to be built properly because they can be built to serve you or they can be built to serve the agent. Somebody in that circle has to be a priority. If the, if the client is the priority, if it's built properly for the client, then the cash value life insurance policy is second to none. But if it's built for the agent, you have to be careful. You want us to take a look at it, maybe do a second opinion. I don't mind. We can do that for you. We do it all the time. I do it every week. My pleasure. It's, a, it's an honor to get in there and, and tell you good news because we often do. Hey, I like this. I wouldn't make any changes. Same thing with your retirement account. Sometimes I say, hey, listen, I like this annuity. I like what it does. You can't beat it. It's, it has some of the features of the days of old. It's a great annuity. Keep it. All right? All right, I'm going to take a break real quick and come back with your second emails here in just a second. But I do want to give you a couple of things. Let me give you the phone number one more time. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 
997-3847. And then, of course, our email. You can send me an email at arif at tfswealth.com. That's arif, A-R-I-F, at T as in Tom, F as in Frank, S as in Sam, wealth as in a lot of money. So tfswealth.com. All right. Stay with me after the break. As I mentioned, I'd love to get to your emails. I'll cover that when I get back. All right, we're here for you. Triple eight ninety nine retire. I'm Eric Halliby, your place for news, talk, and information. This is AM eight seventy The Answer. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halliby. About financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arif has a plan for me, higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably, thanks to Arif Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Learn. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 